Welcome everyone to Haven of Horror. I'm subject. I've got a buddy Doolittle here, uh, continuing our journey through the first four Friday the 13th films uh, with part two. Uh, this is more or less a journey of showing Doolittle these films, at least the early ones, uh, since yeah. he has never seen them. As always, feel free to hit that subscribe button if you like the content and check out our Patreon. It'll be linked down in the comment section below. Uh, so, Doolittle, I'm going to let you take the lead again and just uh, give us your first, like, initial thoughts during the film. <clears throat> yeah, so I feel like this one was, like, a pretty noted improvement over the first one. Um, and it felt like, su surprisingly, a bit more of a natural continuation in some ways. Like, I, I wasn't expecting it to line up properly uh but it it kind of picks up somewhat like immediately after the first one and then continues on from that point you know um and i you know i i think just kind of overall everything is kind of i think uh slowly but surely things are are coming into place i feel like uh by the next film things will probably be more what is expected of the series but uh this is kind of uh laying down the the foundations even more um which is nice and i don't know this to me feels kind of like what i would expect a teen slasher horror movie to kind of be like which is cool um this kind of feels like the first like solidified like Oh, like this is what it is, and I'm, and obviously, like Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the first Friday the Thirteenth came before this, obviously. But I feel like this is kind of like we're kind of building on stuff more as we're going on with it. So it's cool to see the development of a genre uh, throughout all of this, which is always the nice thing with stuff like this. Absolutely. So you mentioned that it lines yeah. up, and I agree for the most part. But my favorite thing about that about this is that this is so this is five years after the first movie, and yet yeah. Jason is somehow a grown man now. Oh well, that part doesn't line up. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So I how mean, did you I feel meant... about the uh, double recap? The double recap? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really mind it because I. Um... I well, I don't know. It, it didn't stand out to me as as being something too bad. Uh, I feel like it almost. This is gonna sound kind of weird. I almost feel like it added like a mythological element to Jason, in a way. I don't know how to like really articulate that properly, but there's something kind of interesting about recapping it twice like that. Okay, I can see that. Um, I I kind of agree with you, but it always makes me laugh that. Uh, the survivor from the first movie has a nightmare that happens to last just long enough for the first movie's like last twenty minutes to be recapped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. since we're we're in the beginning, uh, did you how did and you had mentioned you, know, you kind of hope that Alice comes back? Did you like what we did with her? Uh, yes, I I thought that was. Um... I felt I felt like that kind of made sense as like a way to kind of bridge the gap a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Jason was polite enough to even take her tea kettle off the burner. <laughs> After yeah, a nice pick in her head. 
That was, and I will, can I also say that that whole sequence was pretty, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting picking up on kind of cool filmmaking stuff with uh, these movies, because uh, I'm not expecting that when I'm going into a Friday the 13th movie, but I like the way that the, um, that sequence was constructed. I feel like that was, that was pretty well done overall. Yeah. Uh, and to note, this is directed by Steve Miner, uh, who is most noted mm-hmm. for doing this. The next one, House, Halloween 20 Years Later. Uh, and the last movie he did that we covered was the remake of Day of the Dead, which was off. Uh, so very hit and miss, oh. but, you know, he did direct some very big horror films back in the 80s and 90s. Um and he worked, I believe, as like a production assistant on the first movie before getting to direct this one. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was about to ask how you felt about the directing because you noticed things like that more than I did. No, yeah, I I feel like um, even just from the opening scene, um, there's like so like you know with uh, the kid and and the you know the, the puddle, you know, you go from his. Um, like legs and feet to then the killer's legs and feet like it's it's a very well um shot and well um there's a lot of consideration for the blocking and directing and creating a sense of tension which is really cool and again did not expect that going into this uh but it was nice to pick up on that nonetheless absolutely so the other big thing uh that's missing from here because like you said this very much is we're getting there, but we're not quite there yet, which I agree with. Is obviously Jason doesn't have the hockey mask. No. Uh, so how do you feel about the bat? It's a little generic, um, for sure. Um, in some ways, I like. Obviously, the hockey mask is way better, and it's more iconic, and kind of achieves the similar effect while still being distinct which is good but what i like about the bag is it allows for that anonymity so that um you can kind of not project yourself onto him but because that would be kind of weird uh but so that like you can kind of quickly identify him um you know it's that kind of simplicity in design um where because you know like I, i feel like the whole appeal of jason uh, the you know the thing that makes him very different from Michael Myers and Freddy, and uh, and well, Leatherface is just kind of like a like a muscle uh, in that first movie. Uh, but the thing that kind of makes him different from a lot of the slasher villains is that he is a victim, and he kind of is like a living metaphor for what it means to kind of be a victim. And I I think that. Um, and 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 you know the things that kind of triggers him, I feel like kind of elicit that as well. And I think that by having his design as simple as humanly possible, it kind of communicate that's pretty effectively. That no, like this is a easily identifiable um, uh, expression, you know, which I, I which I think is kind of a stroke of genius, intentional or not, um, you know. I can definitely see that, and I agree to a certain point. Um, it's funny because they talk about that the the bag in the uh, that big documentary. I think I mentioned it last time we recorded, 
And one of the re and I can't confirm this because they weren't people who said this also weren't sure. But one of the reasons they changed it is uh it's like borderline ripping off the town that dreaded sundown, which if you've oh, okay. never seen is a very interesting slasher. But the killer in that looks almost identical to Jason in this. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, speaking okay. of things that they they borrowed from, uh, moving to the kills for a minute, did you? Because I know you've seen a few uh, Gallows now, or Giallos, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Giallos. Uh, the spear kill is lifted directly from, I believe it's in Brava film, the uh, Bay of Blood, I believe. Yeah, or, Mario Bava's Bay of Blood, yeah. Or. Um, one of those movies, but it's interesting to see that they've started pulling from because obviously you can't really pull from Halloween again because uh, I don't think at this point their Halloween two had come out yet. So it's interesting that they were they got somebody who had seen you know what Italy was doing with this genre and pulled from mm-hmm. that even if they didn't change much. Yeah. No, I mean it's definitely interesting that um, seeing how kind of the different art forms are communicating in that way and building off of each other. Um, Even if it is perhaps a bit derivative here and there, um, I think that the context in which it exudes strikes a very different kind of effect um, in a way. I think the culture, I think the culture is kind of important to consider as well, because in Italy, um, the Jalos uh, like they were very violent um, and and had a lot of like sexual stuff, um, but that was like they were pretty liberal about a lot of that stuff. Whereas in America, we're a bit more um, uh, like we treat a lot of that stuff a, a lot more with like kid gloves and are, like we're very it's a very taboo thing. So I think it's kind of interesting to see that translated here and how much more of a bigger deal we make out of it, you know. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, with with this being a... Or, no, sorry, it's not Bay of Blood. It's Twitch of the Death Moon. Uh, yeah, I had a movie. feeling... It, I had a feeling it wasn't Bay of, um, Bay of Blood, but I, I knew it was within that kind of universe, yeah. So, I think the biggest improvement they make to this movie uh, is the characters... None of them are very fleshed out, kind of the same as the first movie. But I think the actors make them more likable. Like, at least, there's at least more, I can remember more than just the main girl from this movie. Which I can't oh, yeah. say about the first. Yeah, they have a bit more personality. Um, and they are, you know, have kind of distinct kind of like quirks and traits about them. Um, that you can kind of latch onto and ground them a little bit more um, for what it is, obviously, because they're not the most developed characters in the world. But, you know, and you get uh, a good kind of sense of the dynamics. Like you have the guy who's kind of being a jerk to that one girl, um, you know, you know, with the slingshot. And then you have like the other kind of relationships. You have the girl and, and the guy in the wheelchair, like, is there there's like relationships and there's like uh interpersonal kind of dynamics which um again not the most developed characters in the world but it's enough 
for what it's trying to be and and kind of delivering a concise uh, slasher. Absolutely. So speaking of yeah. the wheelchair, am I an asshole that I laugh every time he dies? Like every time I watch <laughs> this movie and I watch him, like because he goes down an insane amount of stairs. No, yeah. Well, it's like it's just so exaggerated, you know. I think I think I think that's part of it. So the big thing this movie is missing, launching off of, of the kills thing, is obviously Tom Savini did not come. Back. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like some of the gore, what's left after the MPA butchered these movies, is a step down from Savini's work, or is it close enough that it's harder to tell? Um. I mean, it's a bit stepped down, but I still kind of was able to like notice it and notice the the effects. You know, I was more. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. I, I think I'd mentioned this before, but I thought the methods that Jason used was a lot more interesting than the actual gore of it. It's interesting that he was a much more of a ninja about his kills and was a lot more sneaky, which is not what I expect from these movies. Um, and use traps too, which is interesting. Um, that's something that, like, I think the <clears throat> that the remake, uh, a really, uh, you know, the Platinum Dunes remake definitely took from this is the like the almost like uh, I don't know how to, like yeah, yeah, like that he's just kind of like this guy that you know is able to conspire against people based on very um, limited resources, you know, but still has the intellect to like figure that out, you know, that kind of a thing. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. And what's interesting about this movie, going back to it, uh, is this is very much, this is, I think the only one where Jason's just kind of a guy, you know, he's Mm -hmm. just, he's just hanging out in the woods, like killing people. He can be hurt. He's scared of things. Uh, I go to the, during the final, you know, chase, uh, where he noticeably recoils from the chainsaw. I don't think Jason from, like, part six would give a shit about a chainsaw. He'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, that that was interesting. Because I didn't didn't really get the sense in this movie that he was, uh, there's anything supernatural going on with Jason. Um, I'm, I'm sure at some point that'll change. Uh, but for this movie, he is a bit more vulnerable, um, which is interesting. And he's yeah. much more pra- – I think practical is a very good way of putting it. Like he, you know, can get hurt and he kind of needs to rely on like the physical in order to uh, achieve his goals. Yeah, absolutely. So with with the mask uh, and and him as a character, this is also the only one I can think of where there's two guys playing him because uh, they had to recast, I think, part way through shooting. Uh, and so that bag had to be like taped to the actor's eye around the eye hole. And there's oh, a funny cool. story about filming uh, where the tape had like fallen off during the final fight, uh, specifically the scene where she's supposed to strike him with the axe or with that mine, that uh, uh, pickaxe. And so like he couldn't see and got like his fingers crushed by the by the prop. So they oh, took geez. him to the hospital in, like, full Jason outfit, 
and he's got like a machete sticking through his shoulder because because that was the outfit he was wearing. And the nurses just kind of looked at him like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's quite the tale to tell. Yeah. Oh, dude, the making of these movies is nuts. Uh, yeah. I love um, behind the scenes, like special features like that. So I, I, cause I've been going through the Batman movies and I've been like the, the Burton Schumacher stuff. And I love seeing the behind the scenes documentaries. So I want to check out uh, more of those uh, for like the movie that we're covering on this channel. And I think that the Friday ones seem very like informative, which is cool. It should be. It's almost five hours long. Uh, yeah. I think when still I, on Shutter. I'm not sure. Oh, that's cool. Because I, I, I think I, I saw like the Psycho one, and that one was pretty like that one was like there was there was a lot to cover on the one that I had. Um, so I I imagine that uh, for the big significant uh, entries in like the slasher genre, horror genre, uh, there'll be a lot of information. Yeah, the the Friday the Thirteenth one and the Nightmare one are really good, and they're but they're also really. Yeah, it makes sense. The Halloween one I heard is also pretty informative. Yeah, I do want to watch that. Um, our buddy Og the Day Ghost has mentioned that it's, it's got some interesting information as well as just some funny stuff. Oh, for sure, yeah. So before we get to the thing that I think is the biggest improvement in this movie, the other thing I wanted to ask you is because there's certain scenes where they go back to the first-person shots of the first movie, Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if that was needed because we know who the killer is. It's not a mystery like the first. <clears throat> well, I think that like the first person shots were just there to like, I guess, kind of let you know that like Jason's kind of being, um, he's kind of like leering and kind of like preying, I guess, on on people. I guess it was less of a um, tactic in filmmaking to um, kind of confuse the audience or any. I, I I thought of it more as just like a way to communicate that this is a predator. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't have too much of an issue with that. Okay, cool. So the thing I think is the biggest improvement here is the final. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I would go as far as to say I think she is one of my favorite final girls in the genre. Um, and it's Ginny, played by Amy Steele. Yeah. Now, obviously, she's not obvious, not like she's not on the level of someone like uh, you know ne- uh, Sydney from Scream. I don't think, but I think mm-hmm. in the turn in those eighty slasher specifically, uh, I really like how smart she is, and. Uh, one of the more clever girls in this in this genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that they kind of resolve the situation with their kind of resources and brains, which is cool. Um, it's it's nice to see that. I uh, love and... the fact that she dresses up as Jason's mom because she figures out that's his only real weakness. Um, yeah, well, and that that just goes back to the um, treating Jason more like a real person in this movie um, is that they're thinking about his psychology a lot, 
um, which is a very good idea. Yeah. The only thing that this movie falters at, I think, for me is, and it's a common issue with this franchise, they did not know how to end this movie. Yeah, because it kind of has, like, the exact same ending almost as the first one, where there's a jump scare and then... It does, but it's also a more confusing ending. Yeah. So, for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, which I don't know why you haven't yet if you're a horror fan, uh, so <laughs> Jenny and Paul uh, think that she is, they're safe, that Jason is dead. And then Jason, un, without the mask, bursts through the window. And then suddenly Jenny wakes up alone in an ambulance, screaming for Paul. We don't know where Paul went. We don't get any answer for that. We don't know how she got away from Jason. Or what if that was a dream? <laughs> I don't understand what's happening in the last, what, like 10 minutes of this movie? Yeah. What, no, uh, I, I found that, I found that like, kind of confusing as well. Okay. Oh, I can't wait for you to see the ending of part three. It's nuts. I guess it just keeps escalating, the, the confusion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doolittle, I gave the first one a three, and I think this is a major step up in every way. So I'm going to I'm gonna be a little generous and give this a four out of five uh, for what it is. Obviously, none of these are high arts, but I would, I would give this movie to someone curious about the slasher, especially its beginnings. Yeah, uh... I'm gonna give this like a like a three and a half out of five. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Like it's almost out of four. Okay. Are you are you excited to see Jason finally get the hockey mask next week? Yeah, I'm gonna be interested in that because um, you know, so far we haven't gotten that. This is probably the most like uh development I've seen with like any of these slasher like franchises, you know? Where it really is just taking its time figuring itself out. Yeah, um, I would say, and I, I'm quoting Jay from Red Letter Media here. He, they have him figured out by four, and then it's perfected by six. Okay, that makes total sense. Well, we are going to call it a night here. Uh, thank you, Doolittle. I'm really enjoying discussing these with you. I've been looking forward to having yeah. doing something with these on the channel for a while. Obviously, I'm a very big fan of these movies. And we will mm -hmm. see you guys next time for Friday the 13th, Part 3. Yeah, see you then. Good night, everybody.